0: If there was nothing and suddenly, by chance, for no reason whatsoever, a big bang happened, and the universe appeared. I know you're thinking, she's an idiot, that's not how it happened. (laughs) And then we came along. If that's how we came about, then I'm going to tell you there is no purpose to us. We should just go home. There is no meaning. And there will be no morals. Who's to say what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad? But thankfully, that's, we know that's not how we came about. We were created by a loving God. Every one of us. And as we were worshiping, I just sense the Lord just wants to say to you, you matter. Every one of you, you matter so if God made us and he's loving then there must be a reason and there must be meaning to our lives and ultimately we can only find our purpose and meaning in God because he is our creator hello my name is Winnie Uh, Many of you don't know me, and I don't know many of you, and I would love to be your friend. Um, I'm originally from Malaysia. I'm married to Tim, who is uh, originally from Hobart, and together we have three children, Matthew, who is 12, Sandra and Angel, who are both three. If you see us around, you may think that we're a bit of a funny-looking family, because my husband's excuse the the, the description, but he's white (laughs) and I'm yellow and my son's yellow like me because he's also from Malaysia, he's Malaysian Chinese like me, Um, but my daughter, then Sandra, is actually Nigerian, so she is not white or yellow, she's black. And then we have our youngest who is Angel, her name is Angel and she is um, Filipino. So, you might think we are a bit of a funny family. Please love us, please accept us. (laughs) It would mean the world to us. I'm so excited to be here, to be back here again. We've been away for five years, and uh, on mission, uh, back in Malaysia, and we are just so excited to be back. And I've been, like, dying to share. So, I'm very excited to be here, and I'll tell you why I'm dying to share later, okay? So, in this short time of sharing, I would like us to look at what the Bible says at the beginning about what our purpose is, right at the beginning of the Bible. So, shall we pray? Lord, I wanna thank you that you are our loving creator and therefore we have purpose and we have meaning. And Lord, I just pray as we look in your scripture today that your word will set us free. Your word will speak to us so powerfully. Lord, I pray that you anoint my sharing, but you also anoint the hearing of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's very important to look at our purpose and meaning because without knowing that, we get entangled in all manner of sins. And then when we commit a lot of sins and we get entangled in them and we can't come out, we have to hide them. So, we are on a series called The Secrets We Hide, and uh, and, um, exploring our purpose and our meaning sheds light on these things. So, you will hear me say the word sin a lot. That's not because I I just want to judge you, um, but it's what the Bible says. So, let's go. After God had created the earth, the sky, the animals we had the first mention of humans in the creation story. Let us read from Genesis 1. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. We were created to be like God. No one was listening. Only Steve or Pastor Ollie. Was it Pastor Ollie? Yeah, only Pastor Ollie was listening. We were created to be like God, to reign over the animals and the earth. So purpose number one, we're created to represent God. Let's start right there. So if we're created to be like God, to represent God, then the next logical question to ask is, well, what's God like, right? So tip of the iceberg, God is kind, He's patient, He does not envy, He does not boast, He does not delight in evil, but He rejoices with the truth. God is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love, yet He doesn't leave sins unpunished. God is just, and yet He's merciful. God is humble, God is gentle, God is faithful and he's true. God is good and God is love. If we, are cre- if we are created to be like God, when we live like that, wow, our souls flourish because we're living out our purpose. Have you noticed that people who are kind and patient and humble and gentle, they are happier? Do you notice that? They seem more content? It's because their souls flourish, because that's how we're created to be. It's like vacuum cleaners are created to vacuum floors. So when you use vacuum cleaners, Danielle is so happy when I, she hears the word vacuum cleaner, she, she loves vacuum cleaners. When, when, when we use vacuum cleaners to vacuum floors, you, the vacuum cleaner smiles and they flourish, so happy. But when you use the vacuum cleaners to vacuum the lawn, The vacuum cleaner hurts, and it will die. It's just like us. We are meant to serve our purpose of representing God. And when we live in a way that contradicts God's character, and when we are unkind, we are selfish, we are mean, we are impatient, we envy, we boast, we love evil, we deny the truth, we are proud, and we contribute to injustice, which is all sin... What happens to our soul? We hurt, because that is not how we created to be. Have you noticed that really, really nasty people, they're very unhappy? Have you seen a really, really nasty person just so happy? Like every day, just so happy. No, because they are like that vacuum cleaner being used to vacuum the lawn. God doesn't want us to live like that. Now, as I went down that list, it's very easy to say, yeah, I'm not like that. But I am. I am like that. I am impatient. And I don't always love the truth. And sometimes I like evil. But God doesn't want us to live like that. So what happens? Jesus... All of that badness, and including coronavirus, by the way, God took all, Jesus took all of that, put it on his own body, went on the cross, and died, punished, and then he rose again, and he says, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. And then God wants us to live out our purpose, to be like him, to represent him. Well, how do we do that? We don't become kind and patient by trying harder. Have you tried to be good? How did that turn out? You know, sometimes I'm going to be really patient. You know, three-year-old toddlers, two of them at home? I'm going to be really patient. I'm going to try. In a piece. It doesn't work like that. We become like God more and more by yielding to Him, by being Jesus-centered, pressing into Jesus, making Him the center of our lives. Every day, here at Dorof what we talk about, 20 minutes in the chair. Um, It doesn't matter where your chair is. It doesn't matter what your chair looks like. It doesn't matter what your 20-minute looks like. But what do we do in those 20 minutes? We press in, in reading the Word of God, it's not just reading the Word of God, but to me, you give yourself to the Word of God and allow the Word of God to change you. That, mean, that means when we read, we obey, we respond, we pray. I like to just every day, I ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill me anew. you. Holy Spirit, come fill me. That's it, simple. But I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, the Holy Spirit grows fruits in us. And what are these fruits? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Wow, we're being like God, right? He will transform us day by day as we press into Jesus. I know that I look like a lovely lady. (laughs) But I was a wretched, feral, horrible, rotten teenager before I came to know Jesus at the age of 17. And I was really, really potty-mouthed, really bad. And I remember a friend of mine said once, hey Winnie, I was in an elevator and I thought you came in, but it wasn't you, it was really crowded. And then someone else came in and I thought it was you. And I said, why did you think it was me? Well, as soon as she entered the door, she didn't stop swearing. So I thought, oh, is that Winnie? (laughs) Well, I wasn't bothered by that then. And so that was me. And at the age of 17, I was in a Christian meeting and I experienced the love of God in the most powerful way. It was, for the first time in my life, I felt whole, complete. I didn't need to be good, to be bad, to be this or to be that. In that moment, I was whole. And I was like, oh my word, what is this? I want all of it, have all of me. So that's what I did, gave my life to Jesus. And three months later, I was in a friend's car, and she was really potty mouthed. And um, I was sitting in the car and someone cut in front of her and of course she unleashed her superpowers. And um, I was sitting there and I, I was shocked, I was appalled. <gasps> Why would anyone talk like that? <laughs> oh my goodness. And then I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me. And I realized just three months ago, I used to talk like that, but I didn't realize the change that the Holy Spirit had been doing in my heart and my mouth. I did not realize that. So draw near to God. What is your area that God has transformed you? Celebrate it. Thank God for it. Share it with someone. But what are areas that you need to grow to represent God better? We can come to God today about that. Okay? So first purpose is to represent God. Our second purpose, let's take a look at this video clip. And now it's time for silly songs with Larry. Part of the show where Larry comes out and sings a silly song.
1: Joining Larry are Pa Grape and Mr.
0: Lunt, who together make up the infamous gang of scallywags, the pirates who don't do anything. We are the pirates who don't do anything. We just stay at home. are not good, they're bad people, right? They go and loot and steal things. But these pirates don't, they just don't do anything. We may think that God created us to be like these pirates, to lay around and do nothing. That work only came in because of the fall, but that is not true. Let's see what the Bible says. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in the e- uh, in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful, that produced delicious fruit in the middle of the garden. He placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. God created us to do stuff, to work. The garden was awesome. It was good. So God put Adam there to maintain that goodness. And later on, where there is no goodness, we need to spread goodness. So purpose number two, we were created for good work to benefit others. Idleness is against our purpose. Idleness is one of the seven deadly sins. Idleness is a sin. Now I'm not asking you to go and work yourself to death, OK God gave us a beautiful example of how to have a rhythm of work and rest. Rhythm. Everybody say rhythm. 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 All work, no rest is no good. All rest and no work is worst. God created for six days and rested for one. When the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, they were worked to death, literally. And when they became a people, a nation, the first thing God did to them is to teach them this principle, work for six days and rest for one, okay? Now, so idleness is sin, but doing bad work is also sin, right? God created us for good work, maintaining the garden, good work. So if your job is uh, in, ki- in the kitchen, concocting some special mixture that you sell to little children or bigger children, that's really bad work. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's also sin. So so think about what you do. So God created us for good work to benefit others. Um, I'm going to make a confession, and after I make it, it won't be a secret anymore because the series is a secret we hide, so I'm like sharing it and bearing it all, okay? I'm actually a very, very lazy person. Yeah, I know. A lot of people won't believe it. Now, Danielle is very different. She is one of those people who can never sit down. You know people like that, they can never sit down. They just have to do things, and they just, they they flourish when they do things. They love it, and they just don't sit down. Me, I love to sit down. (laughs) If you saw me at the family camp, I was sitting down. I love sitting down. I think it was a time of rest. We need to sit down. And my secret ambition, now that I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be a secret anymore. In fact, it's going to be recorded, isn't it? Yes. Ah, terrible. Now, my secret ambition is to become a trophy wife. <laughs> I asked my husband, can you please go and earn me lots and lots of money so I can sit around and look pretty and do nothing? <laughs> However, I have a relationship with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit has filled me. So in my wife trophying, I, I'm a lady of leisure, by the way. Now I'm I'm not like I don't have formal work, so I'm at home trophying it. And um <laughs> a, 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 but the Holy Spirit at work in my heart is like, do good work for the benefit of others. No, I don't want to, I really don't want to. And then I learned that the single mom who lives across the town doesn't have transportation to go to Bible study. I was like, of course I'll pick you up. Why did I do that? But I do it. And then I I learned that someone else hasn't got food. Oh, no, then I must do something. And I I really don't want to, but I do it because the purpose trumps my laziness. So when Amanda said, Winnie, can you speak on the 15th of March? And everything in me was like, I don't really want to. Sunday afternoon, siesta, it's really hard. Um, But God's word was just bursting out of me. And I was like, of course, please let me preach. So people think I'm very diligent. I'm not. My husband will tell you that's true. If you remember the first part of the scripture, it says let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. We are created to reign, not sit around. We are created to lead, to maintain goodness, to spread goodness, to bring positive changes. Now, if you are a doctor, if you are a nurse, if you are a teacher, if you're an aged care worker, if you're a barista, I just met uh, Catherine today who is a barista, if you're a waiter, if you're a cleaner, if you're a gardener, if you're an accountant, you're a social worker, you're a digital designer, if you're the prime minister, if you're a pastor, if you're a father and a mother, you are doing good work to benefit others. You are fulfilling the purpose that God has made you to be, and I really, really sense that the Lord wants to say this to some of us because I believe that some of us are sitting here wondering, I wonder if my profession is what God has called me to do. Does it benefit others? Then yes, do it. Keep doing the good work God has given you to do. Students, are you exempt? Do you wait until you're not a student? to stop laying around. I'm not saying students lay around. Yeah, yeah, students don't. They, they, they study very hard. I know I have a 12-year-old son. All right. Um, did you know that you're serving and helping with your family at home? is you fulfilling God's purpose for you, stacking the dishwasher, unpacking the dishwasher, vacuuming the floor, And all the parents say, amen. You helping your friends at school, whatever you're doing at school, uh, in your community, you are fulfilling your purpose. So, students, when you go home later on, grab the vacuum cleaner and say, amen. All the students say, amen. Wow. (laughs) Okay, you said it. That's why we also encourage everyone to volunteer at church. When we volunteer at church, it serves others. Who are the people wiping the door handles? And who's that for? For us. And um, as we serve at church, we grow spiritually, and as a person, we fulfill our purpose as we become others-focused. So God created us to be like Him, to represent Him, to be Jesus-centered. God also created us for good works, to benefit others, to be others-focused. And lastly, then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. God didn't create us to be alone. He created us to have people around us with whom to relate well. So, third purpose is God created us for relationship. I don't know if you noticed when we read the first part of the scripture when God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. How many God do we have? Like, I I didn't want you to answer wrongly, so (laughs) one God. But why did he say, let us make human beings in our image to be like us? Who was he talking to? Our God is three persons in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Our God has lived in community for an eternity. And when he created us, he wanted us to reflect that. He wanted to show that within us. He wanted our relationship to reflect that of him. When we exclude each other and be selfish and unkind, it's sin. Forgiveness is important, and Jesus died on the cross, not just to forgive our sins, but enable us to forgive others. We, here at Door Hope, we want to encourage everyone to be in a connect group. Why? Because in a connect group, we do discipleship. What does discipleship mean? It means we all learn to be like Jesus. We read the Word, we study the Word, we pray for each other, we have accountability Now, if you struggle with sin or negative patterns in your life, that's the place to share it, not Facebook. That's the place to share it, and then your connect group will pray for you and support you and keep you accountable and check in on you. You know what? That third purpose actually helps us become more like God, right? serves the first purpose, again, to represent God. I have a friend, her name is Angela. Um, When she was a child, her parents divorced. Neither her parents wanted her. In fact, her mother never acknowledged her as her daughter. So, father dumped her with the mother, mother dumped her with the nanny. So, the nanny raised her. Angela is now in her 30s, and if the mother is ever caught in public with Angela, she would tell people, this is my sister. She wouldn't tell people that this is my daughter. Angela's mother doesn't want anything to do with her grandchildren. Um, So that was Angela's childhood. She didn't know what relationships were meant to be like. Family was meant to be like really, really broken. And then when she was a teenager, she got entangled with a guy who would hit her in private. And in public, he would ridicule her and put her down. and, And to her, that was life. She thought that's how relationships were meant to be. That's how things work. That's how the world worked. Thankfully, as she grew into adulthood, she met a lovely man, married him, but she was so broken. Her husband's name is Sean. Um, Sean comes from a good family, but she couldn't make sense of it, like this family thing. Uh, Her uncle invited her to Alpha, at our church when we were in Malaysia, and um, she came to Alpha. And in that short 12 weeks within the small group, she gave her life to Jesus, and for the first time in her life, she experienced healthy, supportive, vulnerable, authentic relationship and community. Soon her husband came along to church and then now they're both connected in a connect group where they are growing and you, just can, you can just see them flourishing and you can see how she's been healed. Of course, God healed her. But how did the healing come about? The healing came about in community, not when she's on her own. It's in community. And she could make sense of her family now, her husband's family, and she became one of those people who can't help but help other people. So I remember I put out a call that a refugee family was in need of some stuff, and sh- her Connect group jumped in. And um, she's like my trophy wife friend. She's also a. Uh, uh, she's a stay-at-home mom. So she, she immediately got everyone together, and she was, like, taking the extra mile. She was, she was going the extra mile. She went to the home of this refugee family. She was mentoring the young mother, and, um, and that's Angela. It's so incredible just to see what God can do. And you see Angela flourish as she becomes more and more like God, as she does good work for the benefit of others, and as you grow in community. If I can just invite the band to come forward. So God created us to be like Him, to represent Him. But we can't do that when we dro- don't draw near to God. And we need to be Jesus-centered in, for that, in order for that to happen. We need to keep drawing near to God. Secondly, he created for good work to benefit others, to be others focused. And thirdly, he created us for relationship, to do life together in community. And again, in doing so, we reflect him. Shall we pray? Shall we stand as we pray? Lord, I wanna thank you that every person here matters that you love every one of us so deeply, and you created each one of us with a purpose and meaning, and Lord, you just so delight in us. Lord, we come before you now and we want to respond in whatever you've said to us today, whatever it is that you've spoken to us that has moved our hearts. Lord, I pray you help each person respond. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to just come. Come and fill each person. Father, I just want to pray particularly for um, the people who have been struggling with their profession, what they do, and wondering if that is really what God's called them to do. Father, I just pray that you speak to them tonight, that you will affirm them, that the good work that they're doing to serve others is beautiful. they will do it with their whole hearts, to serve others. Father, I pray for our areas of weaknesses in our lives that causes us to not represent you the way we should. Holy Spirit, would you come and change us? Would you transform us as we yield ourselves to you? And Father, I just pray for anyone standing here right now who are not connected yet into the life of this church family for whatever reason. God, would you draw them in and let them know that it's safe. It's good. Father, I thank you that we don't have to go looking for our purpose and our meaning because we find our purpose and our meaning in you. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we have.